friends, welcome to the Not About Me podcast. I'm your host, Katie Taylor, and we're right in the middle of a series talking about six tools the enemy uses to keep us from living a life that God has called us to. I want to recap those real quick for you, and then we're going to get right into today's discussion. So to recap, we talked about the first tool, which is through discouragement, and we talked about how God has given us a tool to fight that through encouragement and being around other believers. The second tool we talked about last week was that of distraction how God gives us the tool of direction and purpose to fight against those things. Today we're going to be talking about being dissatisfied, the tool the Lord gives us to fight against that. Then we're going to be talking about deception or us believing something that's not true. And number five, we're going to be talking about disappointment. And then finally, number six is doubt. But today, like I said, we're going to be talking about dissatisfied. So let's not waste any time. Let's talk about it on the Not About Me podcast. All right, friends, so let's get into the topic today of being dissatisfied. And what is dissatisfied? Well, simply put, it's just a lack of satisfaction, right? This is something, to be completely honest, that I have struggled with for a long time. And it wasn't until recently that I really found this, um, to be able to work through this tool that the enemy uses against me. Growing up, I always felt like I needed to have a certain job that would afford me, you know, I also struggled with being dissatisfied with where my body was. Even in college, uh, I had gained weight and just wasn't very comfortable. And then after I had my daughter, I was super uncomfortable and had gained a lot of weight. And I've spent a lot of money and time and effort on either personal trainers or health coaches, nutritionists, whatever, all that, right? But what happens when I didn't have it? I still had that void. Even when I reached the way I felt I wanted to look, I still was not satisfied. Um, and this idea is not anything new, right? These are things that happen even in biblical time. And I want to talk about one of those stories. And this story can be found in three different books of the gospel. And that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Those are the four. This story can be found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But I particularly love the way that Mark describes this interaction that the rich ruler has with Jesus. I'm going to list the scripture references in the show notes, as well as the six tools, so you guys can reference that. Um, but I want you to be able to compare and contrast what Matthew, Mark, or Luke says. But today, for the sake of time, I'm just going to be reading what Mark says about the rich ruler. And like I said, this story starts in chapter 10, and this can be found in verses 17 through 23. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. So the rich ruler, he was desperate. He knew in his heart he still lacked one thing. He had all this wealth. He had all the clothing and shoes, the things that most of people in his culture didn't have, but this man had. But he knew he was still lacking one thing. He knew he did not know how to get eternal life. So he runs to Jesus. I picture Jesus walking away. 
as if he's leaving the crowd and turning away. And this guy coming up, running up to him and saying, hey, help me. He falls to his knees, right? He's on his knees, desperate before Jesus. And he's asking him, how do I get this? How do I satisfy this void I have in my life? I have everything else, but I don't have that. How do I get it? As if it's something he could spend money on, right? Or some good deed he can do. He can't. He doesn't know that. But he's thinking in his mind, how do I get that? And this man has the answer. Tell me. And so Jesus tells him, he's like, hey, you know, you, you know the commandments. He lists them out for him. And each one, the guy's like, yep, check, check, check. I've done all these. I've kept all of them since I was a boy. And then Jesus looks at him and he loves him. And I love that part in Mark where he's like, Jesus loved him. That's an important detail to me. Because he tells him the hard thing next. You still lack one thing you got to sell everything, and then you can come follow me. But he had to look at him with love to tell him that, right? And for the rich ruler, that was just devastating. It's, even Mark says he went away sad. And the reason he's sad is because he doesn't want to give up those things. He doesn't want to give up his best to go and follow and live like Jesus or the disciples who really don't have a home. They really don't have anywhere to call their own or anything to call their own. Right? They're dependent on other people and they're dependent on finding their own food each meal. Not like this guy who probably has a ton of servants. He's so wealthy, he has a ton of servants to do everything for him. He probably doesn't even have to really lift a finger. And all I want us to see is chasing after anything other than Jesus is going to leave us the same way. We're going to be sad and we're going to continue to be dissatisfied. Don't believe the lie that you're not enough, you're not good enough, or that anything thing, material thing, whether that's cars, houses, shoes, clothing, just list it, just name it, money, will fill the void because it doesn't. But the enemy wants you to believe that. He wants you to be in a constant state of dissatisfaction. Our culture and advertisements are built around this whole idea, right? Take any advertising firm, any advertisement you see on TV, we just had the Super Bowl, the constant drive for you to have the latest and greatest, right? The Toyota Tundra commercial with uh, all the Jones and then there's Jonas. You know, you got to have the best. They can't sell you contentment with your old iPhone. Uh, That's probably old, you know, by most cultures, it's really not old, but in our culture, it's very old. My grandmother just had to get a new iPhone because... Hers stopped having 3G service. AT&T shut it off. Yes, that's how old it was. But she was content with it because it worked for her. But advertisers can't sell us on that. We have to have the latest and greatest. God wants us to find contentment with what we've been given and not spend time chasing after things we don't need. I want to read a few more verses about this. And this comes from 1 Timothy. And it can be found in chapter 6. And these are verses 3 through 10. And this is what... It says, in verse 3, it says, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and have, and they, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food or clothing, we will be content with that. 
Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. How do we do that? We need to stop seeing what we have is not enough, but by thanksgiving or giving thanks for all things that we've been given. Appreciate what we have and count it as a blessing. You and I didn't bring anything into the world, just like the the scripture says, and we're certainly not going to take anything with us when we die. Not our phones, not our social media followers, nothing else that you really treasure in your life you can take with you. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're struggling like I was, and you need to find contentment where you are. You need to stop filling the void with things or searching and wasting time on other things, being dissatisfied. The enemy wants you to be dissatisfied. He wants you to be living for things that have no eternal significance. Ask God to show you what it is. Ask him to search your heart and reveal it to you so you can deal with it with him. Don't be like the rich ruler who runs away sad. Be desperate like he was, but find contentment right where you are. The Lord provides exactly what we need. Ask him to show you that. Chase Jesus with the same energy you would have been chasing after the things you thought would satisfy you. Remember, we're called to love God and love others. Satisfying our own needs leads us only to care about ourselves, and it leaves us dissatisfied. But we're called to a life not about me. Oh, friends, I hope you found that to be as helpful as it was for me when I was going through this with the Lord. Um, I'm praying that God will just continue to use this series to show you these different tools of the enemy that he's trying to use against you to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. If you like the episode, share it with your friends or your family. Hit that like, subscribe, follow. You guys know what to do. You can find us on Instagram at notaboutmepodcast, or you can email us at notaboutmepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear what God's doing in your life and how these tools have helped you to identify areas in your life. Uh, Join us next week as we talk about tool number four, and let's continue to carry what we're learning into the world around us as we learn to live a life not about me.